Welcome back to Arab American Psycho. My name is Noor, and this week's guest is a viral TikToker and digital sales assistant at Hearst Digital Media. Welcome, Audrey Peters. Hey, babe. Let's do it. How's it going? Let's fucking do it. I'm so excited to have you on. It's also like so wild because I feel like I'm so used to hearing your voice through TikTok. Oh my God. You have no idea how excited I am to be here. This is so fun for me. Everyone who listens to my podcast knows how much I love TikTok. Like I really, really, really was an early adopter. I'm not going to lie. Like I just have been obsessed with it for so long. And then to see people, because I feel like I've been following your journey kind of. Uh And then just like seeing you like kind of like blow up on TikTok was just like, holy fucking shit. So what was it like going viral? Like I'm assuming you just kind of were like creating for fun. So originally I was obsessed with Vine years ago. Yes, 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 yes. And then Vine was stripped away from me and it was devastating. That being said, I wasn't really creating content back when I was on Vine. I was just scrolling for hours and hours on end. Obviously heartbreaking when it was gone. Then TikTok came out and I was, you know, I was significantly older than when Vine was happening. When Vine was happening, it was more socially acceptable for me to be like <laughs> yeah. trying to like make Vines and like- Wait, how old are you? I'm 23. And when okay. Vine came out- Yeah. And when Vine came out, I was, I want to say like 15. So it was like, you know, social media was so up and coming. Then Instagram had just started becoming cool. Like Kiara Faragani and like other dope bloggers had not even really taken off yet. And that's when it was like so socially acceptable to do it. And then from there, Instagram started becoming more of a thing. I ended up wanting to have a blog. I started my own blog, but I didn't have the confidence or the thick enough skin to deal with the hatred um, so I got rid of my blog and then TikTok came out last summer and originally it just started by me getting addicted and being like, Oh, this is like Vine, but better because I get a minute instead of 15 seconds. And the content is the same as Vine, but funnier because everybody's humor has evolved. And I, I originally just started hours scrolling and then quarantine started and I kind of like accidentally manifested becoming having a TikTok on like having a platform on TikTok. And I told my friends, I'm gonna be TikTok famous, and they looked at me and they go, Audrey. You're literally 23. What are you th- talking about? Like, you cannot be TikTok famous. And I said, no, watch. Like, what else do we have to do in quarantine? Like, everyone's job, like, everyone I know, their jobs either slowed down because we're, I, I work in fashion. So, like, you know, no fashion companies or designer trying to launch the newest ad in the middle of a pandemic. It's a little insensitive. So every everyone's business was a little bit on the slower side or everyone got laid off. So me and all my friends were kind of sitting around you know, doing everything we could for work, but everybody had time on their hands. And I just decided to start making these funny videos. Um, or what I thought was funny. I think I'm funny, but I think that's funny. I agree. I (laughs) definitely think that you're funny. Like, it's so funny to me because I think that the reason I've always loved your videos is because there is always this element of like New York fashion girl type of thing, which like I love. And like, you know, I just, that also, I think is really cool that there is kind of this platform where you can share this like kind of specific type of humor but then also like you're not limited to just that like you can do so many other things like I feel like I think things with TikTok are kind of evolving and that people are kind of like being like this is straight TikTok this is alt TikTok and kind (laughs) of boxing everything up but at the same time I do think that like creators have the space to just do whatever like comes them because your videos are like you have like your themes but they're always so different You know, I try to keep it originally, I didn't even want to focus on fashion and I'm doing more of it lately just because now that people have gotten to know me, they want to see more of my life. And originally it was more like, oh, this is this funny girl that 
whether she's right or wrong, it's funny to hear her say what blank says about you or her opinion on ratings. And that's obviously how I started off because, um, I love observing things, but, (laughs) and giving my take on it, but then it now has evolved into like, um, and that's, I think where the versatility comes from that I, yes, my job is in fashion. My career has always been in fashion. I'm from New York, Miami. So I've always had like, almost like a cosmopolitan edge to me accidentally just because of the places that I grew up in and now it just kind of transformed into like my take all of my views on my what blank says about you comes from that view of the fashion girl view but does that make sense yeah no a hundred percent and like I actually had no idea like I were you born in New York were you born in Miami like tell me tell me you're all so I was born in Miami grew up between New York and Miami because my parents divorced when I was around one um, so I was always between New York my, my whole life. And then I moved to New York around 12 and then went to boarding school in the Northeast. So for me, it was like, I didn't like growing up in Miami because I didn't like the weather. I didn't like how I had to drive everywhere. I missed the change of seasons, especially having been exposed to them my whole life being in New York with my dad. So for me, I didn't love growing up there and I really resonated being in New York. And that's why I wanted to stay in New York, like after graduating college and throughout high school, blah, blah, blah. Um, because I just felt like I resonated more with the people here than I did in Miami and Miami. I just, and you know, maybe if I had grown up in elementary school in New York, I would have felt that it was clicky. I think anywhere you go can be clicky, but I did just personally, my experience was that I felt Miami was very clicky and yeah, I resonated more with people's cultures and backgrounds in New York than the way I did in Miami, if that makes sense. Because even in New York, like I'm not Jewish, but there's obviously such a huge Jewish population here and that, you know, we're both Middle Eastern in that case. We have similar traditions, et cetera. Exactly. No. And I think that Miami is just like, I, I love Miami. I think it's so cool. But like, yeah, like whenever I go there, I'm like, it's cool, but like I could never live here. But when I go to New York, I'm like, I could live here. I mean, I, I'm not planning on it, but like, I'm like, I could live here. Like I, right. I love kind of the people that you meet and just kind of everyone's demeanor. And like, I appreciate a more like fast paced lifestyle where we're not right. like, dilly dallying. And I feel like that's very like quintessential New York. So I can definitely see why you would like prefer living there just because just like the way people live and like the way people are, they dress and everything. I find it like very inspiring. Right. So that was just the reason I resonated with it more. So that's the reason, you know, between my upbringing in New York and Miami. And then actually my dad moved to Abu Dhabi when I was 18 for work. Oh, wow. So, you know, I get to go to the Middle East all the time to visit him. And then my mom moved to London when I was 19 or 20. So That's so amazing. A perfect excuse to go to London. I Right. London. So between New York, between growing up in New York, Miami, London and Abu Dhabi, my background just feels very Middle Eastern because obviously there's such a large Middle Eastern population in London. Yeah. Um, so for me, I think that's where all my humor stems from. And it doesn't like necessarily sit with everyone. Right. And that's fine. You don't have to like my humor, but the people that do resonate with it, I really connect with. So that's why I'm really close with all of my followers. Yeah. And I definitely do kind of feel like you do these videos sometimes where it's just like fun and, and whatever, but then you have these other videos that you put out where it just seems like you're talking directly to your audience, just like (laughs) building this kind of relationship with them. And like, I just, I don't know, it feels like this like really cool community. And that's what I love about TikTok. I mean, I don't really create TikToks. I I'm more of just like an observer, but from what I can see, it does seem like a very kind of like tight knit supportive community. 
So that's the difference between TikTok and literally any other platform. And I think that's why literally the world or the United States, I guess, not the world, is literally having this existential crisis of what's going to happen when TikTok gets taken away. Because I think that everybody is so over how superficial all the other platforms are. What's cool and unique about TikTok is that nobody's sitting there trying to fool you. It's like we all have bad days. People post videos crying. People post videos traveling. People post videos on their way to a date. People tell you about how horrible the date went versus on most other platforms. It's all so fake. It's like, no, my life's perfect. And this is all the traveling I do. And these are all the shoes I have. And (laughs) this is my perfect husband or boyfriend. And that's my story. Bye. And like the thing you, so you did a TikTok about this recently and you were kind of talking about just basically being like everything on Instagram and fake. And this is why Instagram is not, you know, and like, that is a hundred percent why I started a podcast because I create on Instagram and I love it. It's fun. It's been very, it's good for me. It's good for my business or whatever. But at the same time, I want to make it like clear that, Hey, listen, this is just a really nice post picture where I'm wearing an outfit that I like styled and like the lighting is very specific and everything. I want you to know that like, that's not like the reality of my everyday life, which is why I think it's so important to kind of remind people like, Hey, listen, this is just very kind of curated. This is a curated part of my life, right? This is not my life all the time, which is why I'm always posting Instagram stories with like no makeup on and like just showing like, Hey, like I ate avocado toast for dinner because it's so easy to kind of fall into that kind of idea that, Oh my God, her life is so perfect. My life fucking sucks. Right. So to me on that note, I so agree with you. And I think that the reason TikTok, you know, I mean, here's my thing. Instagram is always going to be the don- like for a while to come anyways, it's going to be a dominating platform. Yeah. And I so respect you for starting this fantastic podcast and showing other parts oh, of their life. You. Oh my God, of course. But I think again, like that's why people are so freaked out by it because I could, could you imagine being like an 11 or 10 year old right now on Instagram scrolling through and looking, I couldn't imagine being, I mean, my sister is 14. I couldn't imagine being like 12. Like I, how old were we? How old was I when Instagram became a thing? I think I was like, again, like 15. I couldn't imagine in my like prime developmental years, scrolling through Instagram, seeing all these people with Botox and lip fillers, not knowing that that's what it is. Everybody taking these extravagant vacations to Bali And in my head thinking to myself, like, that's the norm. I think I'd actually have a conniption. Like now I'm 23 and I know, okay, yeah, she doesn't look like that for real. She's face tuning and she has Botox. And by the way, go off queen. Now I have Botox and now I have lip fillers. (laughs) But at 12, I don't think I could have handled that. And I think that it would actually be such a shame for TikTok for the sake of the younger generation to be taken away because it is the one platform that actually showcases reality. The videos on TikTok I think there's a reason why people, you know, resonate with it. And like, I don't share content with my friends on Instagram. Like very, very seldom will I like send like a Instagram post to like one of my friends. But like on TikTok, I'm just constantly sending things to my friends because I'm like, oh my God, this is me. Oh my God, this is you. Oh my God, this is so us because it really showcases very real experiences. And again, like you said, some of them are really real and sad and people are crying and it's emotional. And I'm like, fuck, like I did not expect to see this on my feed today. And now I'm going to go cry, but like not in a bad way, just kind of in a way where it's like, it's nice to know that other people are going through these very human experiences as opposed to like on Instagram where it's like, 
nothing about that is like everyday life. Like no one is just like lounging on their chair, perfectly posing, wearing their fucking heels indoors. Like that's not, no one is doing that. Like no one's going to see that and be like, so relatable. Like I just did that today. Like that's, that's not going to happen. I literally go on Instagram to feel bad about myself. If I feel like I need to go on a diet, I will literally start scrolling through Instagram and be like, all right, today's the day. It starts right now. Versus on TikTok, I go on there for an actual genuine laugh. I go on there to connect with people, whatever it might be. But Instagram, like again, like Instagram is always going to dominate. I love Instagram. Let's not pretend like I don't love being bougie and posting myself (laughs) on there looking fly. Oh no, But TikTok is just different. TikTok is just totally different. I mean, it really is the highlight reel. Like we've, I've heard that like being thrown around for like years now. It's like a highlight reel. It literally, Instagram is a highlight reel. Instagram is like, let me scroll through and feel really good about myself and think that I have the most interesting life. Like, let me just scroll through my Instagram feed. That's literally what it is. But like TikTok, it's like, I mean, I will say though, I'm very heavy into cat TikTok, but (laughs) (laughs) you know, I'm currently on prison TikTok. (laughs) Have you you ever been on the highway TikTok? No, I haven't. What is that? Highway TikTok is literally just aerial shots of highways. Okay, know. yeah, I've been on that. I thought I misheard what you said. I thought you said pie something TikTok. I'm like, oh my god, there's a pie TikTok. No, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there is laughter over here. I, I honestly am constantly trying to just be on oatmeal TikTok. Like, I comment on every oatmeal video because I'm like, this is where I would like to be. I would like to be an oatmeal TikTok. People are making fucking Cinnabon inspired oatmeal. And I'm like, I want to make this. Like, I need to be an oatmeal TikTok. I swear to God, though, my favorite is prison TikTok. Prison TikTok is where it's at. I have so many questions anytime I stumble into prison TikTok. Like, A, where are they getting phones from? B, like, like, I feel like their rooms don't well, just, look like what I think they're going to look like. And like, I just, just get worried that their phones are going to get, get taken away. And then I'm not going to have the update. That's my concern. <laughs> and, and also, like, I always regret when I scroll past it. I'm like, fuck, I should have. Why didn't I like comment on it so I can stay in prison TikTok? Because if you don't like engage with the post, like it's, it's not going to like be reoccurring as much oh. as you would want it to be, which I will say one thing, one point for TikTok, I wish they would kind of like let you when you like like videos, like be able to like organize them. Like I really right. would like to do that so badly. Like it's driving me crazy because I'll wanna, me too. <laughs> I'll wanna find a video and it'll take me like a solid 15 minutes like scrolling through, like oh, trying to find it. No, if you don't like a video or you don't, I, I have a folder on my camera roll that's just TikToks of all my favorite ones that I could not bear to never stumble upon again because once you if you don't like or comment on it and even then a comment like you don't know if it's gonna come back like if you don't like it or save it it's gone forever basically exactly and it's like no I need I need to be I don't want him to be in highway tiktok I want to be in oatmeal tiktok so like I need to like I need to comment do everything that I need to do but I want to kind of talk about because we were chatting about this before we started recording, just like being very real on TikTok. And obviously we've been talking about it. Like that's what TikTok is for. What's right. your experience been like just being very open and honest on TikTok? It just depends on the situation. Um, it's a very 50-50 shot if I'm being totally yeah. transparent. And I don't think that's any different than any other platform on the internet. Whenever you're being vulnerable, and this is something that I've had to learn growing up, there is no success or love without vulnerability. So it can go one way or the other. I've just learned that if it doesn't go well, then you try again and you can't be scared to try again because then you won't grow or succeed. Sometimes I get really amazing responses. And then other times I get really nasty comments. I'm lucky that I now have thick enough skin to be able to handle it. 
But for the most time, again, like 50-50. And when it's 50, never from my followers do I get a bad response. But my, you know, my content surpasses my followers. I only have 200,000 followers. I get millions of views depending on the video. So, you know, my followers always give me support. That being said, the response from the internet, ooh, 50-50. And sometimes it's hard. It hurts. Like, so it just depends. But again, 50-50 and... But that's just part of life. And that's definitely a part of putting yourself out there on the internet. Yeah. And I I think that, like we were saying earlier, it's like in order to kind of have people connect with you, you do need to be vulnerable to a certain degree. And you also kind of have to expect the fact that like people are going to use that against you. But also like I think the thing about the thing about TikTok that I like when I'm scrolling through, I always like to look at comments on like certain posts. I think that's a very common thing that people who are addicted to TikTok do like, Oh my God, what the fuck are the comments going to be on this? Right. All of these like really just rude, horrible, mean comments are usually from children, like very small children. And I'm so usually usually when I get hatred, I know that nine out of 9.9 out of 10 times, it's literally a nine child yeah. in their bed, on their phone, not understanding what this is, like not understanding, like they just don't get it. So it doesn't even phase me. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's exactly why I don't get upset, but I do have a very strict policy of if it doesn't feel right, I don't like it. It's mean. It could literally be like a slightly negative connotation. I will block you. I don't have the patience. I do not care. I have no sympathy. I block. So that's how I cope with it. But do I go to bed at night and wonder like, oh my God, user 631452 said that my eyebrow, one of my eyebrows is higher than the other. Like, no, I don't sweat it because I know that it's literally a 10 year old that doesn't know any better. I would have, God knows I might've done that at 10 if this is how I was growing up. Like who knows? So I don't take it to heart. I do not take it personally. Do I think that maybe their parents should rethink if they should have a phone? Probably, but that's, I'm not a parent. That is not my problem. And it's 2020. I'm not a parent. Do I know if I'd be giving my kid a phone? Honestly, like the world is so dangerous. Probably. So like, there's no winning. There's no, there's like, there's no winning. So you got to do what you got to do. For sure. And also like, I've seen you do this thing sometimes, which I've, I've done it before on Instagram, but I love how TikTok lets you like share comments kind of like in, and you can respond to the comments in video. Like, I think that's something that TikTok has that like every other flat platform should probably follow suit and do, especially Instagram wants to fucking copy everything TikTok does. So they should probably do that. Um, right. But like, you'll do these really funny videos where like, you'll respond to like really shitty comments, but just like in a hilarious way. Maybe maybe I'm fucking petty. I don't know. But that shit is like, I love it so much. I'm like, this is so fucking funny because I just know for a fact that when that person left that comment, they did not think that was going to happen. And like, it's funny. It's funny that you say that because I've done so many of those and I've just honestly recently gotten tired of paying attention to it, but give me like a minute and then I'll be back to being (laughs) petty. But there was one comment and someone said that my, I think what they said was like, Oh, I, along the lines of like my voice made them want to like put knives in their eyes or something like that. And I responded and I go, I said something along the lines of like, sounds to me like you have this horrible, incurable condition called bad taste. I hope you don't get better soon. And I post, (laughs) I, I posted the video and then I get a message from the girl who left the comment, like, 
she was pro I didn't even look at her profile. I don't even care to look at people's profiles. I see the nasty comment usually. And I just respond to it on the spot. I don't even really think through what I'm saying. It's on the yeah, spot. Yeah. I'm obviously I think it through and I make sure it's not inappropriate or like, yeah. rude, like overly rude, but I don't even funny. Pardon? I feel like you just kind of want it to be funny. Like you want to turn right. it into something that like we can all laugh at. Right. So I usually do that. And then I get this like long message from her and it turns out she's literally like 15 and she literally sent like a long, and I had no sympathy for her because my sister is 14, 15 and my sister would never do that. And she knows better people have their stupid moments, but she sent me this long apology being like, I am so sorry. I wasn't thinking that is so unlike me. And I said to her, listen, don't sweat it. Did I probably say a nasty comment like that when I was your age? Probably. I really appreciate your apology. Seriously, don't sweat it. Don't lose sleep over tonight. I'm not upset. It was just an opportunity for me to be funny and petty. That being said, the video is not being taken down. If you get nasty comments <laughs> in return for leaving the nasty comment, that's on you, boo. And that's honestly like a good lesson for her to learn at 15. She learned a lesson. I promise you she won't be doing that shit again. It's like, I accept your apology. But at the same time, like, you need to realize that your actions do have consequences. Correct. And, like, unfortunately, this is how and, – and you weren't being mean about it. I Honestly, that's hilarious. I need to start doing that. Because I'm – like you said, like, there are times where, like, I just – it's not the negative comments, like, I'm laying in bed at night thinking about them. But, like, in the moment, I'm like, fuck you. I'm going to respond in, like, a witty, funny way. And right. then sometimes people will apologize to me. And I'll just be like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, I accept your apology. But, like – I said what I said and like, Correct. it's still funny and it's still going to be there. So I don't know what and to I, tell you. And again, I do feel bad because like I was never a mean girl and you know, it's so funny people because I do those like, sl like clap back videos are like, I feel like you would bully me in person. Like they say that as a joke and I'm like, Oh my God, if only you knew that I was the one who was bullied, I was never a mean girl ever in my life. I was always the kid that got bullied. And I think that's where a lot of my confidence comes from. But I don't doubt that when I was her age, like maybe I wasn't saying it on the internet because there was no opportunity to, but to my friends, like, did I talk shit when I was younger and stupid and be like, oh, well, her voice is like nails on a chalkboard. Like, of course I said shit like that. Everybody says shit like that to their friends when they don't like somebody or what, what whatever it might be. But I didn't like, I should, I should have been put in my place then. And you know what I was by other people, not, you know, by not because I was rude to them, literally because I was actually bullied, but it was a good, it was, you know, a good lesson for her to learn. And the people that I do this to, especially the dumb boys that leave rude comments about women and their stupid and their bodies, they really need the lesson. And when they get publicly humiliated, it really gives me life because evidently their mother did something wrong in raising them that they feel like it's okay to objectify a woman. So that's where I come in. Cue Audrey. Honestly, one of my favorite things to do is shaming men. Like, and listen, <laughs> I, it just brings me such great joy because no one asked, right? Like, no, right? it's not like the caption of your video is like, hey, boys, rate me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, no one asked for your unsolicited opinion. Stop sexualizing me fucking constantly. And Correct. also, like, what is this feedback on my body? Like, also, have you ever looked in a mirror? Like, just so right. many questions. Right. So it's fun. And, like, on that topic, could you imagine... I was thinking about this the other day and I was talking to some of my best friends about it. Could you imagine having been like someone that was a love interest in either of our lives and now seeing us plaster 
their algorithm and social media. There is always that little petty voice in my mind, but at the same time, it's like, oh, hopefully none of them ever try to like pop their little heads out and like try to like be like, hey, like, how are you? Like, oh my God, you're blowing up. Has that happened? Do you have like exes or anything like that? Like reached out to you because they see like, oh, she's like doing cool shit online. So shockingly, no, they have not. And honestly, I'm impressed because I didn't think they had enough willpower to do it. But power to them, that actually means they've grown as people, in which case I'm literally so happy for them. That being said, I love having the power. I'd be lying if I said I didn't. I love having the power. I would never, ever, it would be so inappropriate to name a name. I would never do it. But I love exposing the toxic, obnoxious shit that has happened to me because we're women. It's happened. Let's not pretend we're holier than now. We're not perfect. We might be confident queens, but we're not perfect. Toxic things have happened to all women for the most part. And it is so much fun to talk about it without exposing names. And you just know that they're listening. You know that they're like, fuck. And it's also really nice. Like when I see videos like that, when girls post videos like that, I just know, especially if I was like younger, because I'm like 31. So I'm I'm, I'm older. I've, I've been through my shit. I've grown. I'm still growing. But... I just know that if I had come across these videos when I was like in my early 20s, like it could have changed the course of like my life. Like it opened my eyes to something that I might have thought was like normal and fine. And then hearing this girl who's like, you know, around my age saying like, this is fucked up. Like that could definitely change things. And that's the other thing about TikTok. Like, yeah, TikTok is great. It's, it's, it's a good laugh. Like you can always like, like see funny shit and it's, it's just a great time. But at the same time, I feel like there's lessons to be learned from TikTok, which like, even as it's coming out of my mouth, I'm like, that just sounds so fucking funny. Well, did you see my TikTok from this morning? I literally posted a TikTok this morning being like, happy Friday, ladies, some friendly weekend advice. A man will literally say, and I mean, quite literally say anything to get you into bed. So bear that in mind, take it to your advantage and have a fantastic weekend. Because the amount of times that I used to think what he says must be true growing up, Oh my God, I would have been saved so much heartbreak and time if I had just thought to myself, if the actions don't correlate, it means nothing. It means absolutely zero. So don't give it up. That's so important. I like, I want to hug you right now for saying that because I think something that you don't realize, and I know girls who are my age who still don't like fully realize that like guys will basically say anything. Like they don't, doesn't mean that they mean it. Like, I know it can be shocking. Like, well, why would he say it if he doesn't mean it? Because he wants to fuck you. Like, that's, oh, right. that's why he's saying and it. Like, it, it's that's exactly why he's saying it. Um. So for me, I still, I mean, I think all girls can say, like, we all still struggle with it. Like, you hear something really nice, even though you've heard it a million times before by a million different guys. And it's so hard to not believe what they're saying because you might like them or you might think that they're really into you. And it's still hard for me. Like, I hear things and I'm like, well, is he going to text me? Should I just do it? And then I'm like, okay, no, you can't. You cannot. This is exactly what he wants you to think. <laughs> and it's. I think it's, the reason that I made the video is because that's the biggest thing that I struggle with with men is because I'm such a brutally honest person. I do not tell a lie. I have no filter. So I could never imagine looking at someone and being like, well, obviously we're going to get lunch. I'm like, I have no fucking idea what I'm doing in an hour, let alone, am I going to get lunch with you in a week? Like I would never look at somebody or a boy, especially and say like, well, obviously I'm going to see you again. Like, why don't we do this? I I would never say that. So it's hard for me, especially to think to myself when I'm in the moment with him. Oh, like 
he's not being honest. Like I think to myself, no, he's obviously saying it. He means it. So if there was one piece of like love life advice I could have given to my younger self, it would have been, it all means zero. It literally means zero. Unless he literally texts you as he's leaving your apartment. I had an amazing time. We should get lunch tomorrow. Yes. 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 Like you need to like make a date and then commit to it. And then I will fucking believe you. Oh, correct. But it's so funny. Like as you're saying that you're like, it means zero. Like, I want you to know that you sound like my dad, who's like a little Arab man, because he says <laughs> like that all the time. He's like, this means zero. This means zero, Noor. It's like one of his favorite things to say. He says, people are, are lousy, and this means zero. Like he, that's one of his favorite expressions. I've never actually heard anyone else say that. So uh, love that you are channeling my Arab father right now. Um, <laughs> and also, so I was telling Audrey before we recorded, I was like, I don't know if this is just like a TikTok fever dream that I had, but like, did you mention once that you were like Lebanese and you were like, yeah, I'm half Lebanese. So what was it like? So where's your dad from? Your mom is Lebanese, but where's your dad from? My dad is American. He's a, he's a white man. Yes. He is a white man. <laughs> he is a white man. Um, but like, do you feel like you have like a Arab influence in your life? Because I know that like, you know, it just kind of just depends on like where your parents were born and kind of their upbringing. So not necessarily every Arab parent is like super Arab. So this is, this is something that really, I think to, especially growing up in the United States, this is something that really set my family and I apart as being like such a Middle Eastern family, like with such a strong Middle Eastern background. I did not celebrate Thanksgiving until I was literally like 17. Oh my God. Like I did not have really like, a turkey Thanksgiving. Like I remember a few years here and there, we had guests that would come that were American to our Thanksgiving and we'd have like a turkey for them. But like for the most part, it was like grape leaves, tabbouleh, like um, lamb, <laughs> literally like lamb, kebab, like baba ganoush, hummus, like kibe. Like it was not like a, like maybe there was some turkey in the corner. Like, we would get together, me and my mom, my aunt. I grew up like with my single mom, obviously, and my dad would come um, sometimes. But depending on when I was younger, my dad would come. And then when he got remarried, when I was like seven, he had his own Thanksgiving. And I was always like, I was always my choice as to which one I liked going to. But um, I liked doing it with my mom every year just because that was the way I was growing up. Love my dad, yeah. obviously, a million. But that's just what I was used to. Yeah. And I also loved the Lebanese. Also, like if I'm being transparent, my dad was in New York celebrating um so my stepmom is brazilian it's lebanese so she certainly was not celebrating thanksgiving so if i it was either my mom's lebanese party or it was my dad's chinese food thanksgiving in new york so for me it was like okay i'm gonna go to a lebanese party so it was like and everyone that i knew was like shook they were like what do you mean there's no what is that thing that americans eat i'm half american obviously but they i got think uh Thanksgiving, they have like marshmallows on something. And I'm literally oh, like, oh, God, um, do you know what I'm talking about? I know. What is Sweet that? potato. Yes. Oh, is it? It's like, or is it yams? One of the two. I just know that they put marshmallows on things. And I'm not going to lie, Audrey. It's actually really, really, really good. Like I've so, gone to Thanksgiving and people have had it. And I'm like, this is actually like, it sounds kind of gross, but it's actually very good. So it's actually delicious. I too have tried it. It is absolutely out of this world. And I didn't, so I had my first Thanksgiving when I went to boarding school when I was 14 and it was like the school at boarding school was absolutely disgusting. I loved my school, but absolutely disgusting. So that was like a bad representation of it. And then I started skipping the Thanksgiving dinners there. Cause I was like, this is gross. I went to one there. And then when I came to Miami 
for one of my breaks from high school, I went to my best friend Juliet's house for Thanksgiving because she was just so appalled. She was like, Audrey, I've literally known you since we were three. You've never had a proper Thanksgiving. You're going to have Thanksgiving. And my mom was like, I don't care. Like, ha- come to the party in the afternoon at home and then you can go to Juliet's for Thanksgiving dinner. And I went and there was the candy yams. My point, the long story short, I definitely grew up with more of a Middle Eastern background than I did American. Um, I definitely am very American in a sense that I guess there's also Middle Eastern though. I'm very loud. Um, totally lacking. <laughs> I'm like, filter. yeah, I'm like, that just screams like you are an Arab. Like I have friends who just like, I know this is like a little stereotype that like, but it's true. Every time I talk to my dad on the phone, they're like, oh no, is everything okay? And I'm like, oh, oh no, I yeah. Like, we're just know. like having a delightful conversation. We just like have to scream when we talk to each other. Like there's no sure way <laughs> you can relate to this. I am. To, my mom just has like this tone of voice that she always kind of sounds angry so i'll answer that she'll call me and i'll be like hello she's like audrey and i'm like every time it's been i've lived on this earth for 23 years calling my mother and every time my mother says my name i'm like oh she's pissed like such a middle eastern thing and i'm like oh god and then she's like what eight out of ten times she's not upset because realistically she has a temper she's middle eastern but um i definitely i would say like set, let's call it like 75% i resonate more with being arab and then the 25% i'm definitely ah no that's generous 60 40 let's call it 60 40 <laughs> because i feel like so american still i love being american i do love it but in terms of like the way like my mother has no qualms about slapping me across the face an american mother would never do that my she's like i will actually me. slap you i will no, literally slap your face me. <laughs> but uh I know you're like you speak several languages what languages do you speak so I speak English French Spanish and Italian how do you speak so many languages like Audrey like how how could how is like like tell me wh- how this came to be because that's so impressive so my mother never really knew Arabic she spoke more French because she was Christian Lebanese yeah and so she spoke she speaks French fluently that's her first language so growing up that was my first language so I grew up speaking French and I got to preschool and I literally didn't know anything except French. Um, and then that's pretty school, chic. I'm not going to lie. Oh, I was chic. I was a chic baby. My mom did well. Um, I grew up speaking French as my first language. And then through school, I mean, you know that, I mean, for me, it's like, if you know one of the romantic languages, it's easy to learn the other. So then in school, it was mandatory to learn a language. And my mother wouldn't let me take French because it would have been an easy eye. So she just let me take, she was like, also like the more the merrier, learn another language. So I learned Spanish pretty quickly in school. It was required at the schools that I went to, to always have a second language my whole life. So um, Spanish was the language of choice that I took all throughout grade school, elementary school and high school. And then Italian was something that I chose to pursue a few years ago. A lot of my family friends are Italian. My mom's best, best friends that my mom's best friends friend best friends are Italian and because my mom grew up as a single mom she was single until I was like 13 so all of our summers we would spend visiting our family and our family friends we'd all meet in France so a lot of them were Italian so we'd meet them and they were all speaking Italian and I'd always be like oh I'd huff and puff and I'd be like yeah they can't understand me and my mom but who cares if they can under can't understand me and my mom my cousins and my family friends, there's like 15 of them. They're all speaking Italian. Like, unless they shift English, I can't speak a word because they don't speak French. So then I just kind of caught on as I got older on, like, as I got older. And then I downloaded Duolingo and I started taking, by no means is my Italian 
perfectly fluent or perfect and by any means, but I can totally get on. Give me a week in Italy and I'm chilling. It's the type of thing. Like it's like a, it's like riding a bike. You don't forget. That's so cool. And also I really feel like I want to download Duolingo. Like I'm not going to lie. Like I've heard so many people talk about it and I'm like, I think it's actually like a good way to learn languages because I just want to learn another language. Like I just feel like learning languages is like a great thing to do. And then you can like connect with more people. And I don't know, I think it's fun to be able to like suddenly start speaking in a different language. Like I right. have people like, cause I'll, I'll post on Instagram sometimes like speaking in Arabic and people are so confused. Cause they're like, how do you speak English so well, but then you speak Arabic so well. And I'm like, well, that's what happens when you like grow up and your parents are speaking to you in a different language. And then you go to school in America and you're born here. Like you just end up being fluent in two languages, which I'm super grateful for because it's like the easiest way to like learn language, but right. Like actually teaching yourself a language. Like I took French throughout high school. I couldn't fucking tell you a single thing. I mean, that maybe <laughs> goes to show that I didn't have the best teachers, but like I literally could not even compose like a full sentence at this point because right. I just feel like I like absorbed nothing. Like I just feel like I was learning how to say rabbit over and over again, just like and fucking think- rabbit. So I revealed to my followers that I, so I did this one video in Spanish and then all of a sudden everybody was like, oh my God, how many languages do you speak? So I've done a bunch of lives. I mean, I do lives regularly anyways, but there was this one specific live that I had done right after I posted this one video of me speaking Spanish and everybody was asking me like, how do you know all these languages, blah, blah, blah. And what are your tips to learn languages? And honestly, like, yeah, it's great exposure to learn it in school. And, but if I hadn't learned it natively through my mother, I think it would have been a lot more difficult. And if I was personally starting from scratch, like I'm starting from scratch now with Arabic because now all my Middle Eastern followers are like, you don't understand. Now every single live that I do or tons of the videos that I post, all the comments are like, do you speak Arabic? Do you speak Arabic? Do you speak Arabic? I'm like, no, but you know, if you're not going to leave me alone with it, I guess I'm going to have to learn. And my siblings both learn are learning and speak Arabic very well because they're growing up in Abu Dhabi. So now I feel like I'm the odd one out. So uh, my advice in learning another language but aside from Duolingo, Duolingo is amazing. And I think that, you know, that's where I'm starting with Arabic, you know, trying to watch movies with subtitles in English and Arabic, like listening sure. to music and trying to recite it. And like, then looking at the lyrics so that you see, like, let's say the song says, like, if I open my eyes, like, you now know how to say in Arabic, like if I open my eyes, like things like that, like whenever I feel like I'm slacking on my French, I tell my mom, like, okay, do not text me in English only text me in French and I'll be on the phone with her and be like, we're only speaking in French. If I feel like I'm kind of forgetting a few things because you get rusty. Um, I mean, my dad fully texts me in Arabic. Like, and so I have to then read texts in Arabic. And like, I mean, I am rusty because like I used to, I took Arabic in school because I I went to school in, um, in the Emirates as well. Like I went to all throughout high school. I lived in the Emirates. So that's how I feel like I perfected my Arabic. Like, cause I spoke it very like colloquially with my, with my family. But then when you go to school and like, you learn like the proper, like classical Arabic, it's like kind of very different, but like learning classical Arabic, I do think is important to understanding like different dialects and stuff. Like, I think it gives you just like more of like a broad understanding. Cause I feel like there's so many dialects in Arabic that like, it's hard to just like learn a dialect. Like I feel like learning classical Arabic seems a little silly, but I think it's actually very useful. But like, yeah, I mean, I, if my parents didn't speak to me in Arabic, I would definitely forget. But like my dad will only speak to me in Arabic. Like I don't think I've ever had a conversation with him in English. Right. And that's, I think, you know, we obviously have the advantage of having parents that speak languages, but for those who don't, it's so important to do things that are besides like a classroom or an app, you know, like 
you'd be so shocked as to how far it'll take you. If you like, once you know, like a good amount, read a book in it, your eyes will be open. Maybe you need Google translate next to you, but like, it'll help. I'm like so excited for you to learn Arabic because I feel like I, if you ever need to practice your Arabic, we will have conversations in Arabic. Oh my God, because, please. Because I, I mean, it's so different than any of the languages I know. Like if I yeah. tried to learn Portuguese tomorrow, it would be so much easier. My stepmom is Brazilian. Like it'd be a walk in the park. Arabic is like a whole new alphabet. It's the hardest language. I'm pretty sure. It's, I think it's the hardest language to learn. I know. Besides Mandarin, it's hard. Yeah. Like it's such a hard language, especially because like there are so many words that sound almost like identical, but like you just say them with like a slightly different tone and it's like a different word. Like you right. say, uh, there's like all these accents to like change like a letter from sounding like at e, which is like also like very stressful. But um, how does your job feel about the fact that like you are creating TikTok? Like, do they love it? Do they support oh, it? Like, do they not know? <laughs> are they like unaware of it? No. So originally I wasn't. Okay. So obviously I work in a creative industry. For those of you who don't know, I work at Hearst magazines in the Hearst digital media department. So basically what that means is Hearst magazines owns over 27 magazines. I specifically work for the lifestyle and design collection and the fashion and luxury collections. So I work with magazines like Harper's Bazaar, Elle, Mary Claire, Town and Country, um, Delish is like our food website that one of my bosses has domain over. Um, El Decor, things like that. So obviously it's a very creative industry. Like we own Cosmo. So it's not like they're used to content that's out of the ordinary, but I, I mean, I'm, I'm at the bottom of the food chain and, you know, I just graduated college a year ago, so that's so normal, but you know, I didn't know what kind of responses my content would provoke. I wasn't sure if my bosses would be okay with it. Um, I just, I didn't know how to go forward. I'm obviously very careful, not just for the sake of my job and my career, but for the sake of my reputation. Like if you say one wrong thing on the internet, your career's on the drain. But I was obviously, I'm always very careful, but I wasn't sure if they were seeing it. I was like, oh my God, like obviously the way the TikTok algorithm works is like, okay, I'm sure because they know me, I'm showing up up on their face. The question is, it's not if they're seeing it, it's if they have TikTok in general. If they have TikTok, they're seeing it. And originally I was so nervous. And then a few people from work started reaching out to me being like, oh my God, I saw you on my TikTok and you are so funny. I have never had a negative response to anybody in my life about my TikTok. My bosses have been so supportive. In fact, my boss's son, his name is Spencer. It's Spencer if you're listening to this. Love you, Spencer. Um, He's the cutest little 10 year old boy. And my boss's son, he found me on TikTok and showed my boss (laughs) and my boss was like like I think I think that he just showed her something that she thought he thought was funny and it turned out to be her assistant and she messaged me being like oh my god my son found your tiktok he is literally your biggest fan um and like I just couldn't have asked for a better support system my office is so supportive they are so great um they love what I'm doing I'm now helping I, they asked me their opinion, like the social media department now asks me their opinion every now and then on TikTok because I know it really well. Um, and the, like the response has just been overwhelmingly positive and I just feel so blessed that they are so supportive of me. Um, I was recently on the news and my whole office was like, send us the link. Um, that's my whole so major. Congratulations. Thank you. I was on New York one. They did like a feature on me and like my rise on TikTok. My, like what my rise of like 200,000 followers. It's not like I have like a huge platform, but it's so crazy how TikTok, like for a TikToker, it's like, Oh, I only have 200,000 followers. It's like, that's a 
fuck ton of people. But it's I, like, it, it's so crazy. No, no, I get it. Cause like people have like millions, like how many followers does Charlie D'Amelio have at this point? She has like, like 80 million followers. Yeah. Like super casual, 80 fucking million followers, like insane. I know it's crazy to see how quickly grow on like people grow on TikTok. So I guess like, yeah, I don't have the biggest platform, but like, I guess in the, for some reason, I don't really even talk about New York that much in my TikToks. Like I really don't. I actually counted the other day because someone left a nasty comment being like, your only personality is New York. I'm like, no, I no. hardly talk about New York ever. And I counted 20 out of 250 videos is about New York. Honestly, the TikTok that comes to mind when I think of you is you did a video talking about how like we should learn about taxes and like your credit score oh in school. That's and I was like, performing video. why is this not being taught to children? Like it's very vital information. I, know, I, I know. genuinely, I still kind of don't fully understand how my credit score works because like I'm like about to pay off my car and I was like telling my friend I'm like oh my god I'm almost done paying off my car and she was like oh you know that's like gonna negatively affect your credit score and I was like what why how would it negatively affect me like isn't that good like isn't that like a good job like shouldn't that raise my credit score and she was like no it's actually she like starts I'm like what the fuck so like I'm being punished for being responsible I'm so confused you're preaching to the choir but it's funny because New York one, like the local news station in New York wanted to talk to me and everybody on like all my followers will be like queen of New York, queen of New York. And I literally laugh. I'm like, I didn't ask for this. If I'm being totally transparent, I don't want to be the queen of New York. That's a lot of pressure. That means that my recommendations literally have to be a 10 out of 10 every single time. Um, and it's just fun, but it's really funny that like, I'm now like on New York one as like this New York, t- like they announced me as like a New York TikToker, and like, I'll take it. But like, yeah, I think yeah. it's so funny how different, like a different, um, population of my followers gives me a different title. Like some people will be like queen of this or like queen of that. And then others will be like queen of New York. And I'm like, ah, like I, it's just, it's just really funny. Um, to be on New York one. I am multifaceted. That is yeah. true. It's so weird to me that it's almost fashion week. And like, what even is fashion week going to be? Like, I, have I know, no I know, I know. I don't know. I mean, currently we have a bunch of campaigns going on for fashion week in the spirit of like promoting companies and designers in terms of like actual events. Like I have no idea what's going on. I, I have no idea what's going on. It's so strange. Um, I did want to ask you though, like, even though I don't, I don't think this is going to happen, but how do you kind of feel about these like conversations that have been going on with like, you know, the, our unfortunate president talking about TikTok getting shut down. Like, have you kind of considered like what you would do? Is it something that you're just like kind of not taking seriously? Cause I don't think it's going to happen, but I do know that if that were to happen to a platform that I was like primarily creating content on, I would be a little bit stressed about it. I would imagine. So I would definitely be super disappointed. Obviously I've worked yeah. so hard to like grow a following and a platform and an audience that I've really connected with on a level that I could have never imagined. That being said, I am so blessed that TikTok is my side gig. I do have a full-time job. Yeah. So would I be disappointed? Yes. Would life move on? Also, yes. Would I shift to other platforms? Probably. Would it be the same? No. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if I'd get a podcast or if I would get a YouTube. I do think that like so much of my, like not so much of my content right now, but a lot of the things that I would want to talk about if I were to shift platforms or as I grow more, like as I grow more, people already know what my content is like, and they are more interested in knowing what's actually going on with my life. Weirdly enough, I would have never thought that people would, I never thought people would care about my skincare routine, but here we are. Um, 
And, and you did, like, a, a makeup video recently, and I saw it, and I remember thinking, like, oh, shit, like, this video is, like, doing really well. Yeah, I did that yesterday, and that was fun. Um, and I would have never thought to do things like that because I used to think people were bored by it. But, like, I, th- I guess that when you get to create – like, when you – I guess it's true. Like, when I follow someone for their funny content, or even if it has – like, maybe it's not humor, but, like, let's call it that it's not a lifestyle blog or it's not, like, a beauty blog. Mm-hmm. You still – like, and but they look good. You want to see what they're doing. Exactly. And I think you that would be hard – Oh, thank you so much. You know, I, everybody has their thing. Mine's a double chin. My like, And to make up for that, God gave me beautiful skin. I think it's a lot harder to see all of that on a podcast because I would want to share it. And I do love being able to talk about products and like visual things that like, I, I would love to be able to say like, hey, like I use this product for a while and like it didn't work for me or like, oh, like I ordered this online and this is what it looks online. And this is what it looks like in person. If you have a body type, even remotely similar to mine, don't buy it or buy it. And I, that's harder to visualize on a podcast, obviously. So I think I'd ultimately shift to YouTube. Yeah. Um, but again, so many of my followers are like, if this ends, please do a podcast. Um, I mean, again, hey, listen, I, haven't made a, I love I haven't it. Made a decision. I haven't made a decision on what it would be. Yeah, but I do love podcasts. I love listening to podcasts. I'm not against it. Maybe I do Instagram a podcast on YouTube. I don't know. Um, How do you feel about reels on Instagram? Oh, I think it's such bullshit. Don't even get me started. <laughs> I mean, it's I'm like not Instagram, gonna lie. I agree. I agree. It's completely. such a sad it's, attempt. It's a knock. It's like a complete knockoff. It's like no, I want the real deal. I want TikTok. Well, it's just it, here's the thing. There's nothing wrong with the idea of a 15 second video. That's what Vine was. Now that we're all accustomed to a minute, it seems short, but like that's what, mm-hmm. that's what Vine was. Maybe that's why Vine failed. But like my issue with it is not necessarily a 15 second long video on Instagram. It's how the creators on, or I get, you know what? No, we're not going to call them creators. We're going to call them influencers. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I want to, I like to distinct, I like to make it distinct that TikTok is creators and Instagram is influencers. And there's nothing wrong. There's neither is worse or better. It's just what it is. I think the influencers on Instagram, like I just like now they get 15 seconds on video to talk about the new shoes that Prada sent them. Like, don't get me wrong. I love new season Prada. I just like, I'm just going to be jealous that you have them. And it's another way for me to feel bad about myself. And maybe that's like, call me insecure all you want, but like nobody likes comparing themselves. And that's what Instagram gets caught up on. And it's just another way for Instagram hoes to show off what most people cannot attain. Nobody's actually producing funny content on there. Or like relatable content. So my issue with it is not necessarily that it's a 15 second long video on Instagram. Like, great. Instagram's doing another knockoff. Like, whoop de doo Like, everyone saw that coming. It's that the people that are using it kind of blow. <laughs> like, I've seen maybe two influencers on Instagram use reels in a way where I was like, oh, this is dope. But like, essentially, all they're doing is just reposting their TikTok content onto reels. So, so that's what again, it's Again, it's just kind of like, why would I just not go on TikTok? I would rather just go on TikTok. It's almost kind of annoying to be scrolling through my feed and see these reels on it. Like, I'm like, no, like there needs to be a time and place for me to have my volume on. And like, I'm not on Instagram right. with my volume on. Like when I'm on TikTok, I turn up my volume. When I'm on Instagram, my phone is on. Like, it's just, it's fine that you can go to different platforms. I kind of like that there are these two separate platforms for two separate things. Like I go on Instagram 
to kind of see like what people are wearing. Like I like it. I think it's cool. I find inspiration through it and it just, it's kind of fun. And I've always enjoyed sharing my fashion. So I do love it for that reason. But at the end of the day, it is a lot of the same thing over and over and over, which is why most of the time on Instagram, I tend to just watch my stories because I find stories to be more realistic. I remember when everyone was so annoyed that Instagram then had Story. stories because yeah. of snapchat everybody now loves it i'm not saying people will love it the way they did tiktok i think like even when vine was gone everyone mourned vine until tiktok came out everyone did everyone was like there's nothing like it even if it's a 10 second video on instagram it's not the same so i think someone will always mourn tiktok but then people will shift to reels which is why i post some of my tiktoks on there in preparation for it to go away but dear god i feel so bad for the people that are not my actual followers that are like people that i know People that I know from college that like, you know, we follow each other because we're in like similar social circles in college are now having to see my freaking reels. I feel bad for them. Like I genuinely do. They didn't sign up for that. <laughs> they signed up for me to post cute thirst traps. And now they're stuck yeah. seeing me rant about like live, laugh, love signs as a joke. Like I feel bad for them <laughs> truly, but like they don't have a choice. Unfollow me if you do, if you wish. I really don't blame you. But like everybody, if, if TikTok is banned, I will utilize reels and everybody will end up having to. And it's, it's just going to be suck because the people that got the opportunity to have a platform and grow aren't going to have it anymore because the content that's going to be pushed out by reels is not by the up and coming people. It's literally going to be by like people who already have millions of followers. And that sucks for us. And like, I think that's another thing that kind of sets TikTok apart, which like I personally love, like you never know who's going to show up on your for you page. Like I never know. And like, that is what I check. I check my for, for you page. Like sometimes every now and then I'll check the, you know, who I follow. But for the most part, I'm checking my for you page. And it's just so fun discovering people that you would have never come across. Right. Even like you could talk about the inter uh, the explore page on Instagram. Personally, I think it's dumb. I don't really utilize it. I know a lot of people love it. It's not I something that I ever... It. Yeah, I've never been like, oh, I discovered the most amazing thing on my explore page. It's like my explore page is like you typically like cakes and then like Muslim girls. Like that's it. It's like it's fine. I already follow all the Muslim girls I want to follow. But like right. it's like on TikTok, you literally never know what's gonna show up on your for you page. It's always just kind of like testing it out. Like it'll show you things that it knows you like, which is really cool and a little creepy. But at the same time, it's like maybe you like this, like maybe you like highways and it's like, no, TikTok, I don't like highways. And it's like, okay, noted. But you get the option and that's yes. what's nice versus sure. on like, and, ugh, I just don't even, I can't get into it anymore with reels, but that's my opinion on it. I think that it's so lame. I would be upset to say, honestly, forget my platform. I'd be so upset if TikTok went away because what am I going to do without staying up until four in the morning on literally. TikTok? And like just laying in bed being like, okay, I'm just going to scroll just for a little bit. Just, just a little bit longer. And then it's 5 a.m. Yeah. It's, I, I can't even tell you how many times it's happened to me. And I'm right. an adult. Like that's what, like, I know there are all these TikToks making fun of it. Like I'm an adult, but like, no, sometimes I'm literally like, I am a fucking adult. What am I doing right now? Like I am 31 years old. Like I should not, this is not for me, but I'm like, no, it is for me. It's for everyone. Um, literally. It's, it's honestly, I think that TikTok is one of my favorite things to like just like consume like I don't even watch YouTube anymore like I like I'm telling you like if I want to just like relax like that's what I'm doing and like honestly seeing young women like you creating content and like growing and getting a following and like using their platform not just for like shits and giggles which I appreciate but like you use your platform for like actual real 
shit and like giving advice and stuff. And I just really love it. And honestly, like, I, I don't oh, know. I'm, I, just, I love everything you do. That's so sweet. You don't understand comments like these literally make it all worth it because sometimes I'm not going to like, it's tough. I get really nasty comments sometimes. and like, I'm human. It gets to me. So when sure. I get reached out by people like you, or I get really beautiful messages in my Instagram DMs being like, you're what got me through quarantine. I had one kid message me being like, I'm literally in the hospital getting brain surgery and this is what's <gasps> getting me through. I literally like, oh so like things like this and like the new opportunities that come from this make it all worth it. So that's so sweet of you. Thank you. I'm going to tear up. <laughs> oh my God. No, of course. And it's like, I just love seeing the fact that like when, when I started seeing your, your videos pop up, you were like, you had a smaller following and seeing you grow. I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm not, I feel like legitimately proud. Cause I'm like, fuck yeah. Cause I know you're, I know you're like putting in work. Like, cause I know as someone who creates content, I know it's not easy and easy and video content is even more difficult. And like, I've, tried posting TikToks before, it's not that easy. Like there is a lot of different editing that's required and lighting and, and just all of the shit that goes into it that like, I know you're putting in the work. So it is really cool to see you grow and get recognition and like be on the news and stuff. Like I, I think it's great. And oh, I did want to, so thank you. I wanted to ask you, is there like a video you made? That's like, this is my favorite video that I've made. Let me pull up my TikTok right now and I can tell you. I feel like I definitely do have a favorite and I just need to look at it. For oh, purposes. I know what my favorite video is. I for sure know what my favorite video is. My favorite video is there was like this trend. I, don't, I mean, I'm sure you saw the trend, the Taylor Swift skateboard trend. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. So I saw that trend go on and the guy who started the trend, his name is Pokemon Master Zoe. His name is Lorenzo. Love him. I'm going to send this in because now I mentioned him. But he started the trend or he was inspired by somebody else, but he's the one who really kicked off the trend. And I thought to myself, like, how can I take this and spin it on my account? And I thought to myself, like, what is iconic New York where I could do this video? And I did it at Times Square. I literally storied on Instagram being like, does anybody have a skateboard? Got a rant. I, I had to walk a mile in New York to get a skateboard from this girl because I'm trying not to get an Ubers and Corona, right? So I walk a mile to this girl in the blistering heat to get a skateboard from her who was nice enough to lend it to me. And then I woke up the next day at 4.30 in the morning to make sure that nobody was in my shot because I didn't want to wear a mask for it. Oh my God. So I woke up at 4.30 in the morning for it, was at Times Square by 5.45, and it took me two hours to get the perfect shot. By the time it was over, people were around, but like, you know, it was still like, what, like 7.30, so like nobody was really around. I didn't wear a mask because nobody was on the streets. I'm not kidding you. I was in the middle of the streets where cars were driving. I've seen that video. It's I can't believe, like, now that I know the behind the scenes, the fact that you had to, like, walk in the heat to get a skateboard, wake up at the crack of dawn, and then spend two hours trying to get the shot, like, I'm, like, gonna, I want to slow clap so bad, but I don't want to make people oh, go deaf. You. That's fucking incredible. <laughs> um, so I think that's, like, a personal favorite, because I almost got run over, and I just love the way it turned out. I loved my outfit. I liked the way I looked. It was, a, it was like, a really cool video. But I think my personal favorite series that I do, and this is a controversial one, because people get really pissy at me, um, all the insecure boys flock to my comment section. I love the will she go home with you based on blank. Because, obviously, at the end of the day, it means nothing. Like, I would never base, if I'm going home with someone, on something as materialistic as what their outfit is. 
obviously do they get like snaps if they're wearing really hot shoes or like they have they have great taste of course but like if a cute guy comes up to me or like a really funny guy that's nice comes up to me and he's wearing a hideous outfit like you can change the way a guy dresses like that's all that's obviously all satire um but that's a personal favorite series of mine because I just love my commentary on it because I get to be really witty about like if a boy wears flip-flops out of the house like why would you go home with him or like why would you date him? Like if he, if he can't even make the energy or the effort to leave the house with a right, with the right pair of shoes on, you think he can take you to dinner? Like, I just love my commentary on like the shoes boys wear, especially because I have a background in fashion. So that's a personal favorite series. Um, but yeah, I'd say the Taylor Swift video is my favorite along with the series of like, will she go home with you based on blank? I, I love all of your videos. I do like your commentary on boy style specifically. I think it's very, oh, thank funny. you. And like when people actually get upset about it, I'm like, this is clearly triggering you for a reason. Maybe you should reconsider your wardrobe. Maybe this is a right. sign that you needed because there is no reason anyone should be getting offended by this. It's all just like funny. Like that's what I'm saying. Like, like you were saying, like you can always change the way a guy dresses, but it's just funny. Like it's just a funny right. to make. And like, it's crazy to me that people get so heated over these things that are so clearly lighthearted and meant to be funny. And just because you're a woman and you're speaking with conviction in your tone, right. doesn't mean that you mean to like, like insult anyone like it just I don't know it's it's so crazy people are so sensitive people are so sensitive and um, it's like if a guy posted it no one would be getting this upset about it like guys would correct. be like yeah fuck yeah dude um but yeah and it's funny because originally when I started doing those videos I thought to myself well there goes my love life like no boys are ever gonna want to date me now because yeah. they're gonna see me and then they're gonna find my tiktok obviously and be like oh this is such a judgmental girl my dms have never been fuller and I was talking to this one guy for a while and the reason that we, he became like into me was because of my, will she go home with you based on blank? His sister used to send him my videos and he messed like, and when we started talking, he was like, wait, I didn't re like, you have a TikTok. Like we matched on Raya and, um, he was like, wait a second. My sister sends me your TikToks all the time. Like you're a straight celebrity. I'm like, I'm not a celebrity, but it's so funny. Which ones does she send you? He's like the shoes ones. Like those are so funny. And I'm literally like, wow, like the like this my tiktok is great it weeds out all the insecure men so they won't even yeah. bother with me and now i have my dms being flooded with all these confident men that are like wait you're so funny on tiktok it's great i love that for you so much and that actually makes me happy and gives me hope in life that not all men are trash <laughs> I mean, realistically, they are, but there's the exceptions. <laughs> then it's, I mean, yeah, I mean, let's, let's be real. Most of them are, but some of them are not. And that's, and that's nice to, to keep in mind that they're not, their egos aren't going to be wounded by the fact that you made fun of men wearing flip-flops, which I will right. say I have to agree with you. You should not be wearing flip-flops by a body of water. Flip-flops and sandals are two different things. It's just, I don't even, oh, I, I just remember. I had a yeah, whole sandal like, oh scandal. Did you see that? I had a whole like, sandal scandal. And I was like, come on guys, shut the fuck up. You knew what she was talking about. You knew what she was talking about. Like there is a video that is circulating TikTok that has, I think like 400,000 likes being like, this girl needs to be canceled. She said, you can't wear sandals near a body, near a body of water. And look at her wearing sandals in New York. I'm like, I meant flip flops and I meant like ugly rainbow sandals. If you know what yeah. like the rainbow brand is, not like exactly strappy, beautiful. Is it, I'm sorry. The picture everybody used, there is a bummer on. Hop off. Honestly, Audrey, I like have loved this conversation. I'm so excited to finally talk 
to someone who's on TikTok about TikTok because I feel like people are so sick of me trying to make people talk about TikTok. Ah. And like, no, Noor, like I don't, I don't love TikTok the way you do. So this has been really great. Um, where can people follow you online? Plug all of the things. So TikTok at the Audrey Peters, Instagram at the Audrey Peters, um, Twitter at the Audrey Peters. Even though I do not really Twitter. That being said, throw me the follow anyways. This has been such a pleasure, Nora. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for coming on. And as always, you guys can follow me on Instagram at Nuri. You can follow the podcast where you will see a lovely picture of Audrey at Arab American Psycho. And I will talk to you guys next week.